Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you are listening to Charlie's Corner, a segment hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm very excited to have as our guest today, Ian Altman. He is an entrepreneur, author, and consultant. Ian started, sold, and grew his prior companies from zero to over $1 billion in value. He has since spent years helping companies achieve explosive growth with integrity based on his research on how clients make decisions. His modern approach has been instrumental in helping companies to thrive when their competitors struggle to survive. He's a co-author of the best-selling book, Same Side Selling, now in its second edition. You can read his articles on Forbes and Inc. Magazine. He's recognized as one of the 30 global gurus on sales, and his Same Side Selling Academy is rated one of the top five sales development programs globally. Ian and I have had several conversations during the pandemic, and my question to him is always, what should insurance sales executives be doing differently during the pandemic? Welcome, Ian. Charlie, thanks for having me here. Uh, it's great to have you. I mean, th- this is, I've been hoping we could do this for quite some time. So I'm glad it's finally come to fruition. You know, getting to the, to the topic that you and I have talked about uh, a lot in phone conversation is how should sales professionals and specifically for us, insurance sales professionals be doing things differently in this crisis and this pandemic? Well, the, the first thing to realize, Charlie, is that the, the people who are property casualty producers are, are used to being out in the field. And if you asked them a year ago, how do you develop your business? What they would say is, well, I go to marketing events and I go to networking events and I attend conferences and that's the way I pull in all these prospects. And now we realize is, okay, I don't have those tools at my disposal anymore. And so what we have to do is we have to take a totally different approach to how we attract our potential clients. And most of that comes down to shifting our language from what it is that we do to instead speaking to the problems that we solve or the gaps that our clients might have in their coverage. And in essence, being seen as a subject matter expert to help those people rather than someone just trying to sell them. Because I've seen some pretty awful approaches for how people are using, for example, LinkedIn that actually acts as a great deterrent or repellent to business, not actually attracting business. Yeah, that's a great point because what you just hit on is a lot of things that I hear in everyday conversations with agents. And that is they can't do the things that they typically do. They can't do the networking or they can't do the face-to-face selling, except maybe if you're in Florida, that things haven't changed too much for them down there. So they really need a, a new approach. So when you talk about that, that different approach to sales. And, and you've written a lot about this on same-side selling and same-side selling. What are the top three things that you think they need to be doing right now? Well, the first thing is that oftentimes when I talk to a producer, they say, well, I'm really frustrated because I'm not winning this new account. And I say, well, so why should that client switch from what they're doing now to you? And the answer usually comes down to something like, well, because I want their business, which is not a good reason. Because you want their business, not exactly a good reason for someone to switch to you. Instead, we have to think about is, why would that client be better off switching to us than somebody else? What are they likely not being served in? 
Where are the gaps in their existing coverage? Where's their gap in knowledge? Where are the risks that that client has they may not be even be aware of? For example, in my previous business, we did a lot of work with property casualty carriers. And, and this will date me a little bit, but you know, companies like Chubb, who is still a recognized name, but Chubb and Kemper and Royal and Marsh and Aon and all those companies I used to work with on a regular basis. The, the big thing that I think people need to focus on today is first, understanding what problems you solve and where the gaps are. The second is, where can you establish your subject matter expertise? And the third and most important thing is, is why is it important enough for somebody to switch from what they're doing to you? Because what we want to think in the sales process and sales and marketing is that it's not about manipulation. It's more like putting a puzzle together. So together, we're trying to assemble a puzzle and we're trying to see if our pieces are aligned well with the client's pieces. Because the client who doesn't need what we do, you're going to waste a lot of time trying to sell to them. But the client or prospect who is tightly aligned with your value they're going to be thrilled to meet with you. So one of the things you just mentioned there, and I know you talk about this in the book, is that selling is really a puzzle. It's not a game and that too many people approach it from a game standpoint. Can you expand on that a little bit more in terms of why approaching it as a game is not the right way to do it? Absolutely. So just about every book that's ever been written about sales either follows a game metaphor or a battle metaphor. So in the game metaphor, we have a winner and a loser. In the battle metaphor, the loser dies. We struggle to understand why there's an adversarial tension between the buyer and the seller, where we're trying to manipulate them into a meeting, but they don't want to have the meeting, and it's this gamesmanship. When I wrote Same Side Selling, I co-wrote it with a guy named Jack Quarles. And most people can guess from Jack's last name, Quarles, that Jack spent two decades in purchasing and procurement. And so what we talk about is what triggers those adversarial traps that pit buyer and seller against one another? And how do you get the buyer and seller on the same side working together, almost like putting a puzzle together? So if you think about it, if you and I were putting a puzzle together, we couldn't do it if we didn't see each other's pieces. And if your puzzle pieces weren't the other half of the puzzle that I've already got, then it wouldn't matter how badly I want them to fit together. They just wouldn't fit together. It's like, you're not going to get out there with a little knife and try and start carving the pieces because it's still not going to form the right puzzle. And so that's the same sort of thing in sales. Effective sales is not about persuasion or coercion. It's about getting the truth as quickly as possible. And so that's the mindset that we need to have. So instead of that old Glengarry Glenn Ross scene with Alec Baldwin always be closing, we want to think of fit or finding impact together. So our first step is what experience might this client be having? What frustrations might they be going through? What risks might not be covered for them? I mean, let's face it. You could be talking to a client who thinks inland marine means, you know, riding their boat, you know, somewhere inland. That's not inland marine. So we want to make sure that we're talking to people. We're providing the right value to them and helping them see where their risks are and where we can help them because the top producers actually understand the overlaps in coverage. They understand what's redundant. They understand things that clients assume are covered, but aren't covered. And that's the area where we really want to make sure that we're differentiating what we do. You know, I've heard you talk about, and I've read this, is that you talk about ADD, selling treatment before the diagnosis, and sellers that show up as sellers. Yeah. Can you address those three issues and how they they play in? Yeah, I have a different version of ADD than most people. So ADD is what I refer to as axis displacement disorder. And that's where the seller believes the axis of the earth has shifted. And now the world revolves around them. 
So that's that whole notion <laughs> of, well, why won't they meet with me? And how come I can't speak to the CEO of this company where I'm trying to sell? And all these things where what you have to ask yourself is, why is it in their best interest to do that? And what we need to think of is this notion of, you want to make sure that you're not prematurely presenting. And the premature presentation is a terrible affliction that many people face. And the idea is that instead, we want to make sure that we are diagnosing. So if you went to a doctor, and as soon as you walk in, the doctor looks at you and says, hey, Charlie, listen, I'm going to schedule an appointment with you next Tuesday for this tennis elbow surgery. You'd run out of the office because you're thinking, well, wait a minute, I just met this person. They have no idea whether or, not I, whether or not I need this surgery. And instead, what we have to do is we have to take the time to diagnose with our patient slash client whether or not they have the symptoms that are an indication of a condition that we're good at treating. And if you use that medical metaphor, what it means is that if you go around and you're just prescribing your treatment, saying, here, you need this insurance, here, you need this coverage, you sound like somebody who can't be trusted. But instead, if you take the time to actually say, here are the problems we're good at solving. If instead of introducing yourself to somebody and saying, well, you know, I'm a property casualty insurance guy, let me see where I can save you some money. Now you've just told the client all that matters is price. And then you're going to be shocked later when they say, oh, I don't want to go with you because your stuff's more expensive. So instead, you want to lead the conversation with something we refer to as the same side pitch, which follows the, the model of entice, disarm, and discover. We entice by sharing problems that we solve with dramatic or extraordinary results. We then disarm the notion that we're just there to sell something by acknowledging that not everybody's a good fit for us. And then we trigger a discovery phase to learn more about their situation to see whether or not we can help. So for example, what someone might say is, let's say they were talking to a technology company and they might say to them, well, when technology companies come to us, it's usually because they thought they were covered in areas that they aren't, or they have redundant coverage for things that they're paying multiple times for the same type of coverage, or they're buying individual additional coverages for technologies that they don't even know that they don't need to have covered because they could have it covered elsewhere for much less. For the writer organizations, they tell us we, we deliver amazing insight. So they have total comfort with what's covered and where their risks are. But sadly, not every company is the right fit for us. I don't yet know whether or not we can help you. But if addressing those issues is important, I'm happy to learn more to see whether or not we might be able to help. And what that does is now you've enticed their interest around something that you can solve. And you've said not everyone's a fit which psychologically makes the other person think to themselves, well, Charlie, why wouldn't we be a fit? Well, some people are just looking for the cheapest coverage, not the, not the right coverage. Well, that's not us, Charlie. And now who's selling whom? You hit on a couple of different things there. Now, one of them is kind of the results versus the resources. A lot of salespeople, they want to go in there and pitch the product or the resources that they provide rather than focusing on the results. How do you get salespeople to make that switch? And tied with that, you know, so often salespeople want to go out and do their product dump as opposed to probing to ask questions about what the customer really needs. So how do you address those issues? Well, you know what? It's, it's a big issue. In fact, it's, it's one of the things that, so in the Same Side Selling Academy, we do a monthly coaches corner, which is live role-playing coaching. And just about every single month, there are at least one or two scenarios where somebody is, is selling resources instead of results. And what I mean by that is you're not selling insurance, you're selling risk mitigation. 
And so the difference is that you're helping people mitigate risk. You're helping insulate them from exposure for their business, things that could put them out of business or be devastating for them. It could be as simple as someone has an auto accident. It could be huge liability. It could be, you know, a combination of all these different things. I mean, obviously, there are property risks and liability risks and, and the full gamut. The key to all this is that if you ask most sellers, if you say, okay, if you think of the sales process as a race, the starting block is the initial contact. The starter fires the pistol. We're heading off to the finish line. At the finish line, we break through the tape and we're all high-fiving, presumably with gloves and masks on nowadays, but we're still high-fiving and celebrating. And when I ask people in sales roles, what is the definition? What do you call that finish line? What they typically say is, well, the sale, the contract, the, the BOR, something like that. The reality though, is that what if you ask the client the same question? Well, the client would say, well, the finish line is the results. The finish line is having clarity around knowing that this issue is solved, knowing that risk doesn't exist anymore, knowing that I'm covered for things I didn't even know about. What that means that we have a disconnect. When we're celebrating at the end that says, yay, we made the sale, the client is likely experiencing buyer's remorse and is concerned that I make the right decision. So what we have to look at is, look, what's more important, the sale or the results? Well, the reality is to the client, What's more important is the results. So if we focus on the results, if we said to the client, how would we know six months down the road whether or not this was a good decision? How do we know this was the right choice down the road? Then we start defining what success looks like. And you might even say, okay, so if we did everything we're talking about, what would prevent you from achieving those results? Well, you know what? I guess if our people didn't indicate when they were taking these trips that are covered that have to be um, predefined. Well, I guess if people didn't register the equipment um, so that way we knew certain pieces of equipment that were scheduled were covered or things like that, that would be a risk. Okay, is that something we can help you with? Sure. So what you have to ask yourself is this, is that if you had the option of dealing with two different vendors, one who was focused on results and one who was just focused on the, on the sale, Charlie, of those two, the one focused on results, the one focused on the sale, which one would you rather deal with? Oh, clearly the one focused on results. Yeah. Do you think you might be inclined to spend a little bit more for the person who's focused on results than the one who's just focused on the sale? How much more would you pay? And the most common answer I hear is 10 to 15%. I'd pay 10 to 15% more, which is funny that people say that because my other question is this, how much less would you have to pay for it to be a good deal, but you don't get the results that you need? And when you put it in that context, the answer is it doesn't matter what I pay if I don't get the results. So when your client or prospect pushes back and says, gee, I don't know this coverage that you're talking to me about. I mean, it's, it's going to cost us an extra $5,000 a year. Say, so, you know what? I, I see that right now. Here are five different things in your business that have the potential to cost you millions of dollars that are not covered in your existing coverage. When we talked, you said it was really important to be protected from those risks. And the only way I can reduce this premium is if we expose you to those risks. What would you like to do? And now the client says, oh, well, yeah, to, to cover these millions of dollars of risk, then yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's like, it's like my homeowner's coverage. Every time we see our homeowner's policy, we say, man, I can't believe how much we're paying for it. And then I think to myself, yeah, but I don't want to write seven figures to rebuild my home. So I guess it's a good deal. Join us next week for part two with Ian Altman. You won't want to miss out on the idea of the client vision pyramid. Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner brought to you by Iroquois Group. 
I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.